Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast, sponsored by WebSpy. It's February 15th, 2010, and this is episode 230. Just back from my Snow Monkey and Hokkaido photography tour and workshops, today I'm going to give you some initial impressions of the Canon EOS 1D Mark IV camera, which I picked up just a few days before leaving for the Snow Monkey's workshop. This isn't going to be a thorough review, rather my impressions as a 1DS Mark III and a 5D II user, based on just a few weeks in the field really. Before we jump into the main topic, I'd like to say a big thank you to our sponsors, WebSpy, the internet monitoring, analysis and reporting specialists. And as usual, I'd like to ask you to tweet the message thanks to at WebSpy for sponsoring the at Martin Bailey Photography Podcast on Twitter to show your support. To find out more about WebSpy and their products, go to webspy.com MBP and use the discount code MBPWSY for a 10% discount on anything that you buy. So note that I haven't uploaded any of my Hokkaido tour uh, images yet, so I won't be giving you image numbers today. Uh, They will be included, the images will be included in the enhanced podcast though. So images will be displayed in iTunes or on your iPhone or iPod. Uh, All of the images are also in the blog post at blog.martinbaileyphotography.com if you'd rather um, follow along on the web. So just back from my Snow Monkeys and Hokkaido Photography Tour and Workshops, today I'm going to give you some sort of initial impressions of the 1D uh, Mark IV camera, which as I say, I picked up uh, just a few days before I I set off for the Snow Monkeys Workshop. As I say, I'm I'm not going to be doing this as a, it's not a full review, it's really a first impression sort of podcast. Also note if you've found this uh, podcast through a Google search or something. Um, I'm not a sports photographer. I'm mainly a nature and wildlife photographer. If you want to read about how this camera fares for sports photography, take a look at Rob Galbraith's great review of the autofocus system on the 1D Mark IV after you've read this or listened to this, of course. Note too that I shot on my Snow Monkeys workshop with firmware version 1.0.4 in the camera and upgraded to the new firmware V106, 1.0.6, the night before I flew to Hokkaido for the 10-day workshop over there. Version 1.0.6 supposedly improved the autofocus, and I think personally I noticed some improvement, though it was still a little bit sort of off on a number of occasions, and I'll I'll go into more detail on that uh, later on. When I was in Nagano shooting the snow monkeys, a number of us um, perched ourselves on some rocks near the river to try to shoot monkeys as they jumped across the stepping stones uh, to cross the river. I shot maybe 30 frames as a a number of monkeys jumped across the rocks, and all but one, uh, maybe two, but all but one really were pretty much useless. At first I tried AI servo focusing and um, I tried to lock in on the macaques as they approached the edge of the river 
and while tracking it with the autofocus shot a series of frames as they jumped across the river and this just wasn't really working so i tried selecting the center focus point with the the focus point expansion um, feature turned on as necessary and this didn't really help either eventually i changed my strategy to focusing on the last rock um, before the shore that you know that the monkeys were going to jump over and i just basically waited for the monkeys with that method of focusing i was finally able to get one shot with the monkey's face sharp although i clipped the top of the head as you'll see in the image in the in the uh, enhanced podcast or on the blog i just clipped the top of the head um, the monkey's sort of uncomfortably close to the top of the frame but this is the only one that i managed to get the monkey's face sharp in and you know the basically i'd you know had i had i not been on my workshop um, i would have definitely spent more time trying this and I'm confident that I would have gotten something better even by trying different uh, AF custom settings. I shot all of the images with custom function 3, group 3, custom function number 4 to 1, which is uh, basically continuous AF track priority. Because I read in the manual before I left um, that this works best when you have automatic expansion of focus points turned on, which I do. There's also a new guide to setting the AF custom functions um, and the ISO settings as well. And that's linked from the blog. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm not quite sure why, why it's not available on Canon's website. Someone's posted that, um, which I'm thankful for, of course. And basically, in that, um, in that guide, it says uh, that option one, the one that I used, continuous AF track priority, can help with fast moving subjects and also it says that option zero um, which is main focus point priority will jump to a subject closer than the one that you're initially focused on if something moves in front of your initial subject for the monkey shots i think that option zero probably would have been better but i didn't try it um basically you know the problem that i was getting was that the um you know, because the monkey is in front of water that's pretty high contrast, um, you know, the main problem was that while I was using the autofocus in AI servo mode, the water kept sort of grabbing the autofocus, even though I started off tracking the monkey. After my Hokkaido trip, about 12 days after the Snow Monkeys workshop, Rob Galbraith uh, released a great review of the autofocus system on the 1D Mark IV, in which I noticed that uh, Rob leaves custom function group three, number four to zero, which is the main focus priority. I imagine that this is better for sports. I, and you know, I'll at least give it a try at some point, but quite often I want to stay locked on my subject, even if something moves in front of that subject. Although, you know, my experience with the higher contrast water stealing the focus from the jumping monkeys had me a little bit unhappy with the autofocus's intelligence. I have to say that when I was in Hokkaido, now with the new firmware upgraded to version 1.0.6, I was much more happy with the camera's ability to focus in AI servo mode and stick with the subject once I'd locked onto it.
In the next image, which is obviously not a great image, it's just as an example, I purposefully lowered the camera while tracking a group of hooper swans flying out of the Akan International Trains Crane Centre to see if the AI servo would continue to lock on and track them, and it did a great job of this. So initially I'm starting to think that, you know, the the new firmware version 1.0.6 was really um, making a difference and that didn't really change so i was pretty impressed with the ability to lock on to a subject such as sparrows as well in the next image and basically i'd focused on the sparrows in a narrow strip on the snow and then the focus was able to accurately track them as they took flight as in this uh, this next photograph these little guys are relatively predictable, but very fast as they take flight, and the AI servo focusing on the 1D Mark IV did a great job of sticking with them, even as I moved away from my original point of focus when the birds were in the snow, just sort of pecking around looking for leftover feeds. Feeds. Seeds. Um, this is something that um, had my 1DS Mark III's focus system searching in the past. The new AI servo custom function guide that I mentioned says if you track against a subject with AI servo for 0.5, half a second um, before you start to actually make exposures, the accuracy of the autofocus increases. And this is probably what I've been doing here. Um, with the monkeys, I'd not really been doing that. The, you know, most of the time I would see the monkey at the last minute and try to snatch focus as they got to the first stepping stone in Hokkaido again you know with the new firmware um, loaded once I locked in on something the AI servo stayed locked in most of the time so I'm not sure if it was um, if it was my technique or the the firmware but it definitely things were definitely getting much better tracking a bird flying around in the sky was also very easy although my you know my 1D 1DS Mark III also does a pretty good job of this because there's little in the frame to cause problems. Even as the eagles dived down and went through a crowd of red crown cranes to steal their fish, the AI servo stuck with the eagle. There were so many cranes this year though that I didn't get a clear shot of you know, the eagles within the cranes, but I was very impressed with the ability of the 1D Mark IV to track the subject in this situation. Again, this was probably because I had custom function group 3, number 4, set to 1, which is that continuous AF track priority again. Other times the autofocus was unfaltering was when the subject flew in front of the sun. This has typically been a little bit difficult, uh, sometimes causing my 1DS Mark III and the 5D Mark II to start searching for focus, but it happened very rarely with the 1D Mark IV. In the next image, we can see three cranes passing right in front of the sun, and the autofocus handled it without issues. This is the first crop factor camera that I've owned for many years, um, over four years, I'd say. Uh, since I bought my 5D, it would be. And I sold my uh, 20D at that point, which, um, which means that really the, it's, it is the first crop factor camera that I've owned for a good four or so years. The EOS 1D Mark IV has an APS-H sensor, 
which is a 1.3 times crop factor. And this isn't as large as the 1.6 times crop factor that my old 20D had, but it still took a little bit of getting used to again. A number of times I found myself reaching for, say, the 300mm f2.8 lens and having to drop down to the 70-200 f2.8 lens because the 300mm was a little bit too long with an effective focal length of 390mm. Once I got used to it though, I did like the additional reach that the one3 times crop factor gives me, for, for birding at least. And most of the time, um, you know, for the eagles, um, you know, normally what I would do is I would use the 300mm f2.8 lens with a one4 times extender or teleconverter, um, which gives me 420mm with the 300mm uh, on a full-frame sensor camera, of course, but with the the 1D4, this uh, this just three, it's just slightly short of that at 390 millimeters. So I was uh, I was pretty happy to get that little bit of extra reach without the 1.4 times extender. I also enjoyed getting an effective focal length of 780 millimeters from the 600 millimeter f4 lens when shooting down the river. Uh, from the Ottawa Bridge in the, the small town of Tsurui for shots of the red crown cranes in the mist like the one that we see here. Unfortunately there was no frost on the trees this year but still a little mist rose from the river at the, as the sun started to warm the surface of the water. One situation where I did have a slightly lower hit rate with the autofocus was when shooting some eagles on a piece of stray ice flow that we see here. The, a few shots, um, wasn't a lot, but a few of the shots basically were soft, not soft, they were totally um, misfocused because the focus system had jumped back to the sunlit ripples on the sea because they're higher contrast than the you know almost totally silhouetted stellar sea eagles. This is similar to what happened with the monkeys. Um, but, you know, th this time it may well have been caused from focusing errors on my part as well, as it was difficult to see through the viewfinder looking into the morning sun with an effective focal length of 390 millimeters. I don't mean to harp on about this uh, autofocus, but because Canon seemed to make this, uh, you know, the focus, pun intended, of their marketing for the 1D Mark IV, I was expecting quite a lot from the new system. I bought my 1DS Mark III just over two years ago and at the time I had high hopes that the 45 focus points um, and you know a few years of R&D were going to provide me with a usable AI servo focusing system that would be able to handle more than just you know birds flying across a relatively clear sky. It turned out though that I always ended up going back to the center focus point and quite often returning to one shot focusing as opposed to AI servo for pretty much all other situations. When I bought the 5D Mark II, I actually didn't find the nine point focus, you know, the nine focus point system much worse than the 45 point system that the 1DS Mark III has because of the way, you know, I ended up using the 1DS Mark III, basically. The 5D II tracks birds across a clear sky about as good as the 1D Mark, 1DS Mark III does. Once I upgraded the 
firmware to to 1.06 i really didn't have much to complain about with the 1ds mark 4 autofocus i do have some flying eagle shots that are not quite as sharp as i'd like to see them be even with you know nice fast shutter speeds but i also have many incredibly sharp shots too so I, I think I really need to shoot a little bit more with this camera and maybe do some controlled tests before I start shouting about problems with the camera and or its autofocus. Right now, in general, I'm feeling pretty happy with the camera. There are a few other things that I wanted to touch on before we finish, and the first one is the, you know, the slight drop in resolution to 16 megapixels from 21 megapixels that the 1DS3 and the 5D2 have is noticeable. Although the image quality from the 1D Mark IV is excellent, when you want to zoom in and really see the detail, it's a little bit disappointing when you're used to 21 megapixels. This is something that I expected, of course. Uh, you know, the images are roughly 76% the size of my full-frame sensor cameras. Um, is this going to be a problem for me? I doubt it very much. I do like the detail I can get in large prints, but 16 megapixels are still very respectable. And I'm looking forward to printing out some of my new images on fine art paper to see how they fare. But I'm not expecting to be disappointed. The um, high ISO capabilities, capabilities um, you know, can't be ignored either. The 1D Mark IV has standard selectable ISOs from 100 to 12,800. And these are expandable downwards to ISO 50 and upwards to include three high settings, which are 25,600, 51,200, and 102,400 ISO. And I haven't had time to do any really controlled tests yet, but from some quick shots in my living room, which was very messy with the contents of the, uh, the 1D Mark IV box sort of emptied out on the night that I bought it, um, and therefore I can't get permission to use these shots here to illustrate this. Um, but I can tell you that 25,600 and 51,200 are very usable. At a pinch, if it was a toss-up between getting the shot and not getting anything, anything at all, I'd even go to the 102,400, but the noise is pretty bad at this highest ISO. The first two, though, really are acceptable, and would probably clean up pretty nicely with some noise reduction work as well. They aren't bad out of the camera, to be honest. Um, other nice touches are, let's see, there are a few other th sort of things that I, that I do like about the 1D Mark IV that I'd like to touch on before we finish. And the first one is the, the, the 1D Mark IV allows you to set a preset focus point per orientation with the custom function group three again uh, option number 16 and that's select different AF points basically if you select or if you allow it to select different AF points what it's basically what that means is um, that when you um, you know when you orient the camera you can basically select uh, or pre-select a manual that's what I should be saying, and manually select a focus point for each of the three different orientations, and the camera will then automatically remember those and automatically switch to those focus points as you change the camera orientation. So 
you can have one focus point selected when using the camera horizontally or you know or landscape mode and have another one um, that you can manually select when you rotate the camera to the left with the grip at the top and then another one that you can manually select with the camera uh, rotated to the right with the grip at the bottom and it'll basically then you know once you've set these manually um, just as you normally do um, when you then rotate the camera around during shooting it'll move to you know the the one of the three um, you know manually set focus points that you that you set during that particular orientation so that's pretty handy it uh, it jumps around pretty well there's also an, another nice addition which is spot af which is um you know it's basically an, another option this is option group three uh, option six and this allows you to reduce the size of the focus point to enable more accurate selection say of the subject's eyes the only problem with this for me at the moment is that I already map my AF stop button which is what um, custom function 3 number 6 uh, actually does I always map that AF stop button um, which is the little rubberized buttons near the front of Canon's uh, 300mm and upwards those big white te uh, telephoto lenses um, I have the 300 and the 600mm f4 and this um, basically when you hit that button um, I have it set so that I toggle between one shot and AI servo focusing modes. So that's kind of get, gets in the way here. I did find myself using this button much less during this trip to Hokkaido though. Um, basically because of the new improved focusing capabilities with the One DS4. I didn't find that I had to toggle between them hardly at all, you know, between these two modes hardly at all. So I, um, if I continue to be happy with the focusing, I might be able to map my AF stop button to the spot AF feature, um, this new feature with the 1D Mark IV. Um, you can also now see which focus point is being used in the AI servo focusing mode. And this is something that I hated about my 1DS Mark III. And it's actually you know, one of the reasons why I found AI servo so difficult to use in the past especially in conditions um, such as when photographing a bird on water when the camera would almost certainly uh, focus on the higher contrast light on the ripples in the water. Uh, pretty much like the problems I've seen this time, but far less now. Um, the problem was before, we, without being able to see which, AI, which focus point was being used by the AI focus, it was impossible to know, you know which one was in focus. And when you're you know, photographing a bird with a 600mm lens, it's not always easy to see exactly where the focus is. And, you know, so note that uh, this illuminated focus point functionality only works when you have manually selected a focus point and then started to track your subject. As they move across the frame or you reposition the camera, the focus point moves across. It just basically flicks across the, the frame um, using any, this is also, you can set how many it uses, but I have it set to just to keep expanding for any of the, all of the 45 focus points um, to, to maintain focus. And as it, as it does it, it just sort of illuminates across the screen and you, you know, you, across the frame and you can see exactly what uh, focus point is being used for your focus and correct it if necessary. I'm really looking forward to trying this in portraiture as well. Um, you know, if I say if you've got a face, 
filling the frame almost. If you have selected, you know, manually selected a focus point or even using the center focus point, if you've manually, select, manually selected it, and then if the camera continues to sort of track the eye as I recompose and then focus, you know, with AI servo focusing, then that would be impressive, not to mention incredibly useful. Um, the other thing is the high-resolution LCD. One thing that really bugs me about my 1DS Mark, Mark III is the crappy LCD resolution. And granted, since getting my first chance to use Live View with the 1DS 3 I started to use it to fine-tune focusing for still life and landscape work pretty quickly. When 230,000 dots is all you have, though, you can certainly use it, but it was far from clear. You could basically... You know, you could tell uh, that you had achieved optimal focus uh, only as you sort of went past it. In the, you know, with the if the image on the LCD starts to get soft again as you move through the optimal focus, then obviously you know you've gone too far, and then you can just pull back a little. The 5D Mark II though came with a nice sharp 920,000 dot LCD, and that changed the game for me. Now I was able to adjust and confirm sharp focus on the LCD so much faster in live view. And the 1D Mark IV um, has the same resolution, 920,000 glorious dots to help us see what we've got, um, you know, in, is basically clear. What we're focusing on is basically clear. And this is not just useful for live view, of course. When you check... Um, uh, you know, check the image that you've already shot on the LCD for sharpness by zooming in there. You can also benefit from having four times more resolution, basically. You can't ignore the fact that this, um, this is the first pro body from Canon with video. The 1DS Mark III does not have video. And the, the fact that the 5D Mark II did meant that it soon became my camera of choice over the 1DS Mark III when ruggedness and weatherproofing was not going to be important to me. I do love being able to stick on an, an, an L lens on my 1 Series bodies and just stand out in the rain with them without having to worry about and mollycoddle my gear. And this is certainly one other reason why I've invested in uh, a second pro body, the 1D Mark IV. But um, video and the much higher resolution LCD on the 5D Mark II meant that you know, it's, it's seen much more use over the last year than my 1DS Mark III did, which is a shame when you think that it cost me four times more to buy the 1DS III. I haven't touched on the 1D4's video capabilities today though, because I haven't used it much in the field yet. I did shoot some video in Hokkaido over the last few weeks, but it was with the 5D Mark II, when I've had a chance to play with the video on the 1D Mark IV a, a little more, I'll let you know. In conclusion, um, as I said above, I'm generally very happy with my new Canon EOS 1D Mark IV camera. It's living up to my expectations and then some. I'll be happier when I see more totally crisp, sharp shots coming out of it, but I still had a very high percentage of sharp, image, sharp images from the first few weeks of use, so I'm happy enough for now. I'll be sure to shout up if this ceases to be the case in the coming weeks though, so stay tuned.
quick note before we finish to let you know that we did another Focus Ring podcast last week and that is also now in the feed. Please check that out uh, at photocastnetwork.com or search for Focus Ring podcast in iTunes. Note also that I will try to close the assignment voting um, for the, the WebSpy and MVP um, photography assignment that we're doing every month. I'll try and close that uh, after getting this episode out tonight and we'll release the winners' names via the forum, so check that out as well. The quality of the images has been incredibly high as usual, so thanks again for getting involved in that assignment sponsored by WebSpy. Thanks for listening today, and remember that you can find me on Flickr and Facebook as well as Twitter, and of course my blog and the photography forum. All links are on the top page at martinbaileyphotography.com, so drop by and check that out. I'll be back next week with another Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. And in the meantime, you just have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye-bye. The Martin Bailey Photography Podcast is a proud member of the Photocast Network. Find this and other great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com.